Welcome to the Sermon Podcast of First Christian Church of St. Paul, located in Roseville, Minnesota. We are a congregation of Christian Church, Disciples of Christ, a congregation that is united in Christ for the sake of the world. Join us for worship in person or via our live stream Sundays at 11 a.m. You can learn more about us by going to FCCStPaul.org. Here is this week's sermon. Our text today comes from Micah 6, verses 1 through 8, and Matthew 5, verses 1 through 12. So I'll start first with Micah. Hear what the Lord says. Rise, plead your case before the mountains, and let the hills hear your voice. Hear, you mountains, the controversy of the Lord, and you enduring foundations up for the earth. For the Lord has a controversy with his people, and he will contend with Israel. O my people, what have I done to you? And what have I wearied you? Answer me, for I brought you up from the land of Egypt and redeemed you from the house of slavery. And I sent you before Moses, Aaron, and Miriam. O my people, remember now what King Balak of Moab devised, what Balaam, son of Beor, answered him. And what happened to Shittim, uh, to Gigal, that you may know the saving acts of the Lord. With what shall I come before the Lord and bow myself before God on high? Shall I come before him with burnt offerings, with calves a year old? Will the Lord be pleased with thousands of rams, with tens of thousands of rivers of oil? Shall I give my firstborn for my transgression, for the fruit of my body, for the sin of my soul? He has told you, O mortal, what is good. And what does the Lord require of you but to do justice and to love kindness and to walk humbly with your God? And now Matthew. When Jesus saw the crowds, he went up to the mountain. And after he sat down, his disciples came to him. Then he began to speak and he taught them, saying, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. Blessed are the merciful, for they will receive mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called children of God. Blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when people revile you and persecute you and utter all kinds of evil against you falsely on my account. Rejoice and be glad, for your reward is great in heaven. For in the same way they persecuted the prophets who were before you. This is the word of God for all the people of God. Thanks be to God. Amen. I am not crazy these days with the trend that we want to blame social media for, well, everything. <laughs> you know, it was not that long ago a lot of the people who complained about social media thought it was going to save everything. It was going to make the world better. Now, maybe I say this because I'm biased, because, of course, as a my day job as a computer, as a media professional, 
I do work with social media. But it is also true that social media can have a dark side, like anything in this world where sin is present. What I have a problem with at times is I don't like the monocausal explanation when the reality is far more complex. And social media is complex. There are still good things about it. There are also bad things about it. One of the things I know is a friend of mine who I know basically through Twitter was someone who was, he was basically sidelined and on disability, could not work. And he hopped on Twitter basically as a way to write and kind of maybe have a little bit of therapy as he's writing things out. And that actually led to a career, a new career as a podcaster, as a writer that he wouldn't have had had he not got on Twitter. Now, as I said, there are good things and bad things about social media. One of the other good things about it is that there are mediums and platforms that I think do and could and have in the past bring people together. One of those was uh, one that I used, and it came, this was before Facebook, before Instagram, before Twitter, and it was called LiveJournal. LiveJournal was big about 20 years ago. I joined it in 2002, um, and basically what it is is found in its title. It basically was a journal that you could open it up to the public or to friends in a circle. It was a way of kind of sharing what was going on. And what was so fascinating about LiveJournal was that people kind of opened up. They, the li their lives were unfiltered. People who, who were themselves on live journal. They weren't just presenting them a, a kind of a view of themselves. They were actually themselves. They shared that when they were happy, they shared when they were honestly sad or angry. It, and the fascinating thing was that it was a, very much a sense of community. If, especially within a certain circle, you really felt that sense of community. Now, the rise of Facebook and Twitter kind of saw a live journal start to wane. And over the years, it was sold to different companies. Uh, today, it is actually now owned by a Russian media company. Its servers are actually have moved um, only a few years ago uh, from the U.S., because it was started in the U.S., to Russia. So basically, the live journal that um, I knew back in the aughts really doesn't exist anymore. With the kind of newer social media, the Facebooks and um, the Instagrams, and even today with the TikToks, social media is different. And it really how people, it also, it's how people now act with social media. And I'm not here to argue if that's by design or not. But the authenticity, the honesty, the rawness sometimes you would find on LiveJournal has been gone. And it's been replaced with what I feel at times has been more performance and curation. When I mean curation, it's that people's lives are 
very curated. They're controlling what people see. We don't see everything that goes on with people's lives. I know that I've heard very much that can be the case on things like Instagram that can show pictures of people being very happy and but not really showing what's going on with people's lives. That is very different from live journal. And that now it feels like social media has become a place where we don't necessarily share bad news, but we, we may state what we believe, especially if on political issues. But there is very little honesty and sharing, at least in, in some of the quarters where I've seen this. And again, this is not to say that these mediums are all bad. They aren't. I am saying is that there is a difference in how now we look at social media than what it was 20 years ago. And when I think about how our lives in many ways on social media have become so curated, that's led me to think a lot about the Beatitudes. Matthew, here in Matthew, which we start, is starting his Sermon on the Mount. It takes up basically three chapters, Matthew 5, 6, and 7. Now, if the Sermon on the Mount is basically, as I, and I've heard this considered, the constitution for Christians, then the Beatitudes are the preamble. And I always like to say I've committed the preamble to memory. Very much thank you, Schoolhouse Rock. Now, the word beatitude in Greek is where we actually get the words happy or blessed. It can also mean favored. So when you read this passage, you have to read that with this in mind. These are the people that God favors. God cares for people who are not always at their best. And frankly, sometimes maybe quite hard to love. And God also favors those who may not be happy, who might be dealing with depression, or who are mourning the loss of a loved one. God favors those who work hard to bring peace in our world, who stand up for justice even at a great cost. This is how Jesus is starting off his ministry, by saying, these are the people who God favors. Now, this doesn't mean that Jesus didn't reach out to those who weren't in power. He did. But it's interesting that those who came were the ones who were in need. In Luke, in Mark 5, sorry, Jesus meets up with Jairus. He is a leader in the synagogue. But he doesn't come showing his power. Jairus is in need. His daughter is sick and near death. And he comes not full of himself, but in honest desperation that only Jesus and Jesus alone could heal his daughter. God favors someone like Jairus, not because of his power, but because in his weakness, he relies on God. The Beatitudes are more 
Live Journal, and Facebook, or Twitter. And when Jesus tells his disciples and the crowd what God favors, he is saying that God does not want curated lives. God doesn't want people who look good, but in reality are ugly on the inside. God doesn't want people who are full of themselves. Instead, God wants people who are humble, who are merciful, and who treat people justly. If it sounds like I'm quoting Micah 6.8, it's because I am. In Micah, God is upset at the people of Israel because they broke the covenant with God. And in verse 6, the prophet is asking kind of rhetorically, how do I come before God? Maybe it's with burnt offerings. Maybe it's by giving up my firstborn in sacrifice. Maybe if I do these actions, God will be pleased. And the prophet, representing God, shakes his head as if to say, you know what I want. You know what I'm expecting. Piety and worship matter, but those don't mean anything if you don't live lives that are worthy, of of, that are just at all. I want you to act justly, to be merciful people, and to be humble, to not take yourself seriously, but to take me seriously. These passages are not only asking what kind of people that God favor, but also what kind of people the church is supposed to care for and the kind of people that we are to be in the world. We are supposed to be those who care for those who are physically poor and living in poverty, and also those whose lives might seem rich in material but are spiritually impoverished. We are to befriend and reach out to those who mourn and those and stand with those who hunger and thirst for righteousness. This is a church that we need to be. It is not about being a conservative or a progressive church, but about a church that seeks to be human beings that are humbly following God. A few years ago, Amy Grant released a song that was called Better Than a Hallelujah. In that song, she says that God is not really so concerned with our curated lives, but instead wants our broken hearts. She says, we pour out our miseries and God just hears a melody. Beautiful the mess we are, the honest cries of breaking hearts are better than a hallelujah. I pray that we can be a church that doesn't live a curated life, that doesn't try to kind of front itself, present itself as more important, but one 
that takes God seriously, one that lives an honest life. May we be a community that is caring, one that seeks God's heart in word and in deed. May our lives be more live journal and a little less Facebook. Thanks be to God. Amen. We hope this week's sermon was nourishment for your soul. If you would like to listen to past sermons, watch past worship services, leave a prayer request, or get directions to our worship location, please visit our website at fccstpaul.org. May God be with you on your daily journey.